You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to another Birds Banter Podcast. This is coming right after the big victory against the Washington Redskins. This game ended up being 37-27 to in the Eagles' favor. It wasn't pretty though, all the way throughout, but the Eagles, man, they really stepped up to the task late in the game. Carson went specifically. Um, the game was back and forth. Eagles were down at the half, but they came back firing. At Late in the game, Carson Wentz had his second um game-winning touchdown drive in a row, um, had won in overtime against the Giants last week in Monday Night Football, and then yet again this week against the Redskins, and I understand that there's a lot of negatives um, during this game that the Eagles really need to focus on, but right now, man, I'm excited. I hope all of you guys are excited about this game because it was a huge victory, and first, I'm just going to talk about what went right for the Eagles. Um, first, going to that game-winning touchdown drive, um, I think earlier and all throughout Carson Wentz's career you know you didn't really have the kind of confidence in him that you did with a guy like Aaron Rodgers another elite quarterback in the league if he was asked to put your team up when he's down three points seven points whatever it may be if one drive uh, can win the game it's not like you could put Carson Wentz on the field and say all right he's definitely going to win the game for us right now I have no question in my mind about it. And although I completely have 100% faith in Carson Wentz, I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. Um, I'm not trying to throw any dirt on his name at all. It's just he hasn't really proved that clutch gene that we talked about earlier in a couple a couple weeks ago about Carson Wentz. Um, and I think he's really stepping into that role right now because he's understanding the ramifications of it. Last week against the Giants, I talked about how you know, Carson Wentz doesn't have the weapons that he did week one or even any other week in the season. And instead of trying to put it all in his hands and trying to make it happen himself, he's really stepping back and distributing the ball where it needs to be put, and he's making better decisions. He did have two fumbles throughout the game. One was lost, but he didn't have any interceptions and looked very good on their first drive and their last drive. Um, so getting into it, I think Carson Wentz has definitely shown more confidence. He showed a lot of confidence against against the Giants in that game-winning touchdown drive, but then yet again against the Redskins today. Uh, the the drive all the way through um, to the to the touchdown was phenomenal. Um, he made a lot of smart decisions. They just kind of chipped away and got the plays that they needed to. And he threw that uh, great pass to Dallas Goddard. Um, that was a phenomenal catch by him. But anyways. Eagles are lining up. They have, what, 30 seconds left uh, in the game, and they need a touchdown. They have a timeout, but they really need a touchdown. And then all of a sudden, they're ready to go, and I see Greg Ward at the top of the screen start to break free for that fade route, and I start shouting, throw it to Greg Ward, throw it to Greg Ward. And as soon as he starts getting above the screen, you can't really see him anymore from the TV's vantage point, I was like, 
I don't know about this. I mean, Wentz was gearing up to throw it to him, but it's like in that split second, I'm thinking Greg Ward, he wasn't on the team a couple of weeks ago. Does he really have it in him to catch this game-winning touchdown? And you know what? Wentz threw a perfect ball to him. It couldn't have been placed better. Only where Greg Ward could catch it, and he did do that. He came down with it, uh, a little bit of wrestling for the ball once they got to the ground, but Greg Ward never uh, left his possession with the ball, and he he made a fantastic play. And to think of his journey into the NFL, he came as a quarterback from Houston. You know, he played quarterback all throughout college, and then just one of those players in the league that kind of have a very successful college career at one position, but they're not built to sustain that kind of success at that specific position uh, in the NFL. And you see this with the many other players in the league, like Braxton Miller, um, you know, what people try to do with Lamar Jackson, what they try to do with Trace McSorley. But Greg Ward actually made the transition. He trans- transitioned to wide receiver. He was on the practice squad in 2017, practice squad this year. Um, over the offseason, he spent time with the San Antonio Commanders, which is a the um, AAF football team that that league is not anymore. But he played really well with them as a wide receiver, too. Um, he showed his skill. Eagles brought him back in. Didn't make the final cuts in the offseason, in training camp preseason. But he ended up making the roster halfway through the season because the Eagles are very thin um, at receivers. And they really needed his experience with the team and his skill that he's shown all the way throughout his career so far. And he made it happen first career touchdown. And it couldn't come at a better time. Um, Ward made a fantastic play. And I think... Just because um, Greg Ward, his story and stuff, I understand he deserves a lot of credit. Um, I'm forever grateful for what he did, and I am always looking up to his uh, his drive, what got him into the league, because all odds are stacked against him. They still are. You know, he's still an unknown wide receiver. Yeah, he has one touchdown pass, but anything could happen. He might not be on the team next year. Um that doesn't really solidify his future in the NFL, but he never gives up. The Eagles, um, I believe it was Mike Quick, had an interview with Boston Scott. It's Scott talked about uh, Greg Ward probably more than he talked about himself. He was saying how Ward is such a good worker. He has perfect work ethic because when he doesn't have a chance and he's always counted out, he never changes his level of input that he puts into the game. I think that's so important because he was finally called upon and it finally paid off for the Eagles and Greg Ward. Um, So great stuff on that touchdown drive right there. But after the game, or last minutes of the game, the Redskins were trying to, they're down by four. They're trying to get down the field to score a touchdown to end up winning the game on their end. Um, Really didn't have a ton of time to do so. They got the ball with 18 seconds um, after a long kickoff return. But They ran a couple of plays, and then Dwayne Haskins, you know, the Eagles bring the blitz, and I see, I think it was Malcolm Jenkins, Avante Maddox, and one other player, along with the three or four defensive linemen that were already on the line, start to creep up to the line of scrimmage, and I'm like, oh boy, uh, you have, what, only 52 yards to go to score the football, and you're trying to blitz seven players? I was like, I don't have enough faith in my my secondary to hold up against that but 
Maddox sprinted it. He made a great play on Haskins, and before he could actually bring him down, Haskins tries to just pitch it off to Chris Thompson, and it really went nowhere. Um, I don't even think he got a hand on the ball before Nigel Bradham scooped it up, and although the Eagles were up, all he had to do was just sit on the ball, let the time expire. I was just yelling at the TV for Bradham to score, 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 and he did so. He took the... uh, fumble recovery back to the end zone really was unnecessary but I mean that was a perfect way to end the game because the Eagles are struggling all the way throughout really couldn't get past the Redskins as soon as they would get back up into the lead the Redskins would take it away just like that so that was a perfect way to end get the defense some confidence get the whole team some confidence and let everybody go into the locker room knowing that they won the game and they won the game in a dramatic fashion. Um, two players I really want to talk about that had great games, first being Zach Ertz. Um, Ertz came off of a phenomenal performance against the Giants. He got the he had two touchdowns, and one was the game-winning in overtime. But you already knew that Zach Ertz was going to have a phenomenal game because, you know, the offensive weapons are really not up to par right now. You have J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Greg Ward, Robert uh, Davis, who was just promoted from the practice squad, and then your running backs, but Zach Ertz is definitely the number one target of Wentz um, with these shortage of weapons. He was possibly one or two, even when they have Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson. So Zach Ertz needed to step up and get open. Early in the game, he was getting open almost every single play, um, and that trend almost continued all the way throughout. He was finally uh, getting the receptions that he was needed, and one play, I mean, he had, what, 15 yards after catch, and that's unlike him, but it was awesome to see him get out in space and run for those extra yards, but he ended up finishing the game. He had 10 targets, only five receptions, that's okay. He had 61 yards and a touchdown. That's a pretty good game out of Zach Ertz. I really liked what I saw out of him because he showed that he could be that confident target that Carson Wentz can always look to because in times of instability at wide receiver, times of instability at running back, the tight ends have been there all the way throughout the season. Dallas, and, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz have been there for Carson Wentz when it most matters. Um, I think that's so important to have that level of trust between both sides of the ball, um, both Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz, to show that, hey, when a play breaks down, when you need to check down, I'm going to be there. And then Carson Wentz can think, you know, Zach Ertz is always going to be open for me. Um, even if he's not, I can trust him to make a play. That really showed today because in times where Carson Wentz needed bailed out or when he was looking for a bigger play, he was looking for Zach Ertz first. And I'm glad that Ertz stepped up to the task and he had a very good game and had that touchdown to account for it. But the player of the game, I understand Greg Ward had a great game. Carson Wentz had a great game, which I'll talk to talk about in a little bit. Miles Sanders, wow, he blew up this game, and I think we've been patiently waiting for him to finally have a game like this. He's been showing glimpses of excellence all the way throughout the season so far, but now with Jordan Howard missing a few games, Boston Scott coming off of a great game, so the Redskins might have game-planned for him a lot, Miles Sanders seemed like he got lost in the bunch, and he broke free. He had 19 carries for 122 yards and a touchdown. And in the passing game, he still had a pretty good impact. Six receptions on six targets for 50 yards and another touchdown. 
and he had that long run of 56 yards um, late in the game. I believe it was in the probably the third quarter. Um, just great acceleration. He was almost caught behind the line, but he was able to get to full, top speed so quickly and just leave the defensive lineman in the dust and end up going deep into the Redskins' territory. I think this is the game that everybody has been waiting for from Miles Sanders because he showed he's improving every single week. He didn't run into his own blockers. He did that earlier in the season. He didn't have much trouble at all finding the open holes. He did that really well as opposed to earlier in the season. He didn't really... um, He wasn't able to find where he was supposed to go. And then that patience or waiting too long ended up losing them yards. But one thing that Miles Sanders has really improved on is his fumbling. Um, I think this is just a thing of the past. He struggled earlier in the season, but I think the last time he put the ball on the ground was against the Lions. I could be wrong, I need to check that, but that was really, really early in the season, and he has come a long way because early in the season, me along with many other fans, Every time he touched the ball, you're thinking, hey, Sanders has an opportunity to take it to the house here. He has that home run ability. But at the same time, you're like, cool, I hope he holds on to that ball. That's not a very easy feeling when you want him to be the future running back of this team. You want him to shore up that problem, and he really did that. He's showing a lot of improvement. And it's just his rookie year. He broke Deshaun Jackson's rookie record for scrimmage yards in a season. Um He's making great strides as the Eagles running back, and I'm really excited to see what he has in store for the future, but also what he can do to help this team improve for the end of the season. So those are the big performances. Lastly, I want to talk about Carson Wentz a little bit. So Wentz, he started off great in the first quarter, uh, the first drive in, in particular. He looked really, really well, but it was kind of inconsistent all the way throughout. He made some great throws, but then he also made throws um, that just didn't help his receivers that much. He threw one to Greg Ward on the flat. Uh, I can't remember when this came, but you guys might. It was a third down, crucial third down. He threw it to Greg Ward very low on his body, about his knees, when he had all the time in the world to give him a good ball, lead him into uh, into the sideline. But he ended up giving him a bad throw. Ward tried his best to make a play, but... With a defender closing on him, he just dropped the pass. Um, you, that's all in Carson Wentz. He needs to make sure. I think he's definitely been improving on this as of late, but he needs to consistently improve on it. I think Carson Wentz, his game uh, game style is always take the big play, make it happen himself. But progressively, he's kind of understanding that his running backs, his wide receivers, they're not going to be the best in the league. So he kind of has to ch- take the check downs and the easy plays when they're there for him. Well, now when they are there for him, you know, he's a little bit hesitant or he doesn't hit his receiver in stride. But going back against the Giants, uh, second half and in overtime, when he was throwing those quick passes, he was throwing them in stride. Um, throwing them where only the receiver can catch them, and they were taking them for 10 yards after catch. And that's what you need out of this Doug Peterson offense. That's how it's designed. And Carson Wentz needs to understand that if he's hitting those short passes, the offense is going to move so smoothly. Um, But other than that, he looks really well. The only other thing that I really have a knock against him is the fumbling, which I'll get to later. 
but um, Carson Wentz finished the game 30 for 43. He threw 50 passes last week. He threw 43 this week. So even with a shortage of wide receivers, you're still seeing Wentz forced to throw a lot of footballs uh, throughout the game. And late in the game, in the fourth quarter on that drive, he was you know, doing some arm circles, stretching his shoulder out a little bit. I'm not sure if he was banged up because he took a lot of hits that game or if he was just making sure he was smooth all the way throughout the, the drive. But that's definitely uh, something the Eagles need to look into, make sure that his shoulder is going to be okay next week against the Cowboys. But Carson Wentz threw for three touchdowns, and like I said earlier, zero interceptions. He's continuing that trend all throughout the season of putting a lot of touchdowns on the board, but very minimal interceptions. He took two sacks, uh, lost eight yards out of that, but there was a lot of late hits. They got two or three penalties out of them, but other than that, he was taking a lot of hits uh, nonetheless, and... Um, other than that, he played a he played a great game. Uh, I was really happy to see Carson Wentz walk away with a win. At the end of the day, he has a lot to you know shore up on, make sure he improves. But he got the win for his team, put them in a great situation to hopefully make the playoffs. All right. So although the Eagles came away with a big win, there was a lot of good stuff out of it late in the game, but. There's always negatives. Um, you got to take the win with a grain of salt, and we're going to talk about what the Eagles need to improve on, what I didn't like to see out of this team, and what they can do to try to end up making the playoffs with uh, one or two more victories late in the season. So first of all, I want to talk about J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and the wide receiver group as a whole. So yet again, Eagles are very banked up. Just to talk about the injuries in general, the Eagles were without Lane Johnson, Jordan Howard, Nelson Aguilar, and Derek Barnett all missed time with injuries today. And that's definitely hurting hurting the team because those are all starting players. You have to find replacements for each and every one of them. It's not like you're missing out on um, a lower-level player or a backup player like Sidney Jones. If he's not able to go, at least you're not losing a starter. But all four of those players are starters. And although the, the fan base has really been against Nelson Aguilar this season— we talked about this in our last podcast. We actually kind of need Nelson Aguilar back on the field because he's the most experienced wide receiver that they have. Although he struggles with drops and everything, it's one more weapon to have. You can't com- at this point in the season you can't complain with another weapon because they're so short. Um, so I think that definitely hurts the team week in and week out missing him. But I want to talk about JJ Ortega Whiteside. Earlier in the game, Wentz threw a great pass to him. If he catches the ball, it would have been a touchdown. He was in the end zone. Um, I saw one argument that it was a little bit underthrown, but come on. I mean, you can't ridicule Carson Wentz when he's throwing the ball 30 to 40 yards and expecting it to be on a dime. I know elite quarterbacks are expected to do that, but it's so hard to be able to do that, and there might have been a little bit of a miscommunication, whatever it may be. At the end of the day, J.J. should have came down with that ball. Um, late in the game, he didn't have any receptions. I want to double check this real quick, but I'm almost positive that Greg Ward was the only wide receiver on the team that had a reception. And yep, that's right. JJ had two targets. Robert Davis had zero, but Greg Ward was the one who carried the receivers to the victory. Um, so as of late, I'm seeing a lot of hate towards JJ Ortega Whiteside, and. I'm not really understanding where this where this is coming from. I understand 
this season so far, he's dropped two touchdown passes, one against the Lions, one against the Redskins. He's made a couple of other drops along the way. Um, he was called for a penalty today, and I understand that's not what you want to see, especially from a second-round pick. But at the same time, I was talking to my friend Nick earlier today uh, after the game. Nick was on for the podcast last week. Um, I am always going to stand by J.J. Bigel-Whiteside for the rest of the season and into next season, and here's why. So J.J., he was drafted as a second-round receiver. You're expecting production out of your second-round receivers. I understand that. But at the same time, when J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was drafted to this team, he was the fifth option at wide receiver. Not the offense, wide receiver. J.J. was behind Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, um, Nelson Aguilar, and in my opinion, Matt Collins was above him at that time just because of his his experience. And um, he missed the entire year in 2018 so everybody thought he was going to come back and be more productive so he's the fifth wide receiver on the team not to mention the eagles are going to value zach Ertz and dallas goddard more than him they're going to value miles sanders and jordan howard over him so all of a sudden he's the ninth option on offense you might even get uh throw darren sproles in there the way they use him he could be the 10th option on offense all of a sudden he's top three in options He's up there with Zach Ertz. He's up there with Dallas Goddard. And he's up there with uh, Miles Sanders, Greg Ward, whoever you want to put in there. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is probably top three, top four in options for the Eagles if he's playing well. That's a big change. If you're drafted to a team and you're expected to be the 10th option, you're playing with the second team, the third team offense, all throughout the uh, the the offseason, OTAs, training camp, whatever it may be, you're not getting reps with Carson Wentz all the time. Also, the coaching staff isn't going to give you uh, the same attention that they're going to give Deshaun Jackson if he's struggling or Alshon Jeffrey, uh, making sure that their starters are going to be the best that they can be. So Whiteside may have have been kind of forgotten about over the offseason and not by intention at all. It's just because he kind of fell behind because he wasn't the highlight player of this offense. Then now, fast forward late in the season, he needs to be that highlight player of this offense. He needs to show that second round um, capability, but he's not. And I think most of it comes with lack of preparation. That falls on him. That falls on the coaching staff. Just because the offense has taken so many hits from injuries and Arthago Whiteside is expected to step up, when he was playing with Nate Sudfeld and Clayton Thorson all throughout the offseason. It's not really fair to him. Um, I understand he should be making those catches. He should be playing better. But I think it would have been a much different story. We would see a much different J.J. Ortega Whiteside if he got the attention he deserved throughout the offseason. And uh, going to the other wide receivers, Greg Ward, he played really well. Robert Davis, I saw a lot of people... Um, on Twitter saying, oh, Robert Davis breakout game, but that's so easy to say. Oh, a new player going against his former team. I mean, let's be realistic. He was signed off the practice squad a couple days ago. Um, Hasn't played in-game action since week four, I believe it is. He played for the Redskins then. He's not going to walk onto the Eagles as their third option as wide receiver and go for 100 yards. That's just unrealistic. So 
I didn't have much expectation for him at all. I would think he would get two or three catches, but he ended up getting zero on zero targets as well. That surprised me. But at the same time, it's the same situation. He's not playing with Carson Wentz um, as he was on the practice squad. He didn't have that same connection that a guy like Greg Ward had developed the past couple weeks. So I think once we get later into the season, these past two weeks, maybe Robert Davis will be utilized more, but at the same time, it's just one more body to put on offense. You're so short at wide receiver, you just need to fill the team in case another injury happens, then he will actually need to step up. If you get production out of him, that's great. I fully expect Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz to get production out of him, but his first game with the team, I didn't really understand where the 100-yard game, two-touchdown predictions were coming from. Uh, That was really unrealistic from a lot of people, and I think it's just bringing them down to earth and saying, hey, he was just on the practice squad. You know, let's just be appreciative that we had the opportunity to bring another wide receiver in and move from there, try to get him better against the Cowboys and the Giants later in the season. Um, So that's the wide receiver. I mean, that's a very short topic because there's only three right now. Nelson Aguilar, we talked about last week, he has that nagging knee injury. Hopefully he can come back against the Cowboys because, like I said, although he struggled this season, he's still going to be one of the more productive receivers on the team. I believe Greg Ward is at number one right now, even if Aguilar comes back. But having Aguilar and his capabilities, yards after catch, connection with Wentz, all that combined – I think he would definitely be helpful for the offense. Um, going to my next topic is the tackling. I think the tackling definitely needs to improve so many times. And it's not like the Redskins have a ton of playmakers on offense. They failed to tackle Terry McLaurin. Uh, Avante Maddox had a big missed tackle on that first touchdown from the Redskins, and McLaurin took it to the house. That was painful to watch. Um, he had a perfect angle at him. He read it really well, but just didn't put much effort into the tackle, and McLaurin just brushed right off of him. Uh, Eagles failed to bring down Adrian Peterson on multiple occasions, pretty much the whole entire game. I know Peterson's a good running back no matter how old he is, but wow, uh, missed tackles from Nate Gary, um, Brandon Graham, I believe. Just so many players, especially the the defensive backs, if they break into that secondary these guys are not ready to, ready to hit the uh, running backs and receivers, but they need to make sure that their tackling is shored up if they want to compete in the playoffs. Fumbling is another big issue with this team, and most of the times it falls a lot on Carson Wentz. I think he always wants to make the big play happen, but both of those times that the fumbles happened, he was being brought down and was just careless with the ball. Um, sometimes when you're trying to get when you're about to get sacked, you just need to tuck the ball away and accept it. I understand you want to make it happen, get the big play, break out of the sack because he's done it so many times before, but you can't avoid turnovers in close games like this. The Eagles were lucky to walk away, um, only letting up a field goal after that lost fumble, and then march back down the field for the game-winning touchdown. So I think Carson Wentz really needs to improve on that. Uh, it's just the mental Thing. I mean, it's it's tough for a quarterback when you're getting sacked to hold on to the ball in general, but I think his mentality is, I need to get out of this, I need to make a play, but Wentz really needs to make sure that he's holding on to the ball and trying to make avoid 
uh, any turnovers from happening because you can see it it could be a huge momentum shifter when the once the Redskins got the ball back on that fumble recovery they took a deep shot um, I believe it was on Avante Maddox and they challenged for pass interference if they got that pass interference call they would have been right inside the Eagles five yard line and scored a touchdown and then the, the game would be going to overtime if the Eagles can still march down the field and get that game uh winning touchdown or game tying touchdown if they if they scored um you know you got to factor in the momentum shift and everything like that so that could be a huge killer in the game so Wentz definitely needs to improve on that um my friends and I were talking during the game about the second fumble that he lost and I want to talk about that a little bit because their argument was Carson Wentz should have tucked it and ran but looking back on that play it was so fast. It happened so quickly. And I think Carson Wentz, is his mentality isn't to take that run. He's not going to instantly tuck the ball and run. I understand he had 10, 15, 20 yards to go and could have made it happen with his feet. But he's not running the ball a lot this season. And when he does, he doesn't look confident when he does it. It's not like he's back to his 2017 self where he's bouncing around juking defenders left and right and running for first downs that is not the Carson Wentz we're seeing so there's just that mental block there and that's okay if he's not capable of taking a, a run right away he could scramble um, and make it happen somehow I just don't think he's gonna within two seconds instantly look for a run I think there's only one quarterback in the league that is going to do that and that's Lamar Jackson um, most quarterbacks, they're going to look for pass first, and rightfully so. That's how the traditional quarterback position is played. You're going to try to let the uh, the offense develop, get a play going, but I don't know. I, I just think Carson Wentz did the right thing there. Obviously not with fumbling, but I think he did the right thing by waiting for the play to develop. He did not know that there was a defender closing on him from behind. He couldn't have sensed that. So... I think in his mind, he's probably seen, yeah, I have space, but I have a receiver that hasn't even made his cut yet. I want to see if he gets open. If not, I'll scramble out and take the few yards. Um, I think that's where he's coming from. You're going to see Lamar Jackson take that run every day of the week, twice on Sunday. You might see Russell Wilson take it, um, but the list is very short. And unfortunately, Carson Wentz is not falling on that list, and that's okay. I'm okay with that but you can't let up a fumble if it's going to come down to that. My last thing before I get into some fan questions is the penalties. The Eagles were giving up so many penalties in the first half. It was painful to watch. Pass interferences, holding, um, false start, everything. Everything you can imagine. And the Redskins were giving it right back, so it kind of helped the Eagles out a little bit. It seemed like the this officiating crew was calling everything out on the field everything little holes whatever it may be the flag was always flying so I guess they kind of got bailed out a little bit because uh they got to you know get it right back in return with some big penalties because the Redskins gave up you know a couple pass interferences roughing the passer stuff in that matter but um Doug Peterson really needs to discipline his offense and defense because the Eagles were they were in a bad situation in this first half, especially with all these penalties, because, let me look, uh, they gave up seven penalties for 54 yards, and a lot of them came in crucial moments because um, one in particular, 
You had Miles Sanders run for a first down. Great run. Oh, called back by holding. You can't be having that. It's a momentum killer. It's a drive killer. And um, the Eagles are lucky enough to walk away with uh, a win after all those penalties. I think seven penalties for 54 yards doesn't do it enough justice because I think it seems like a lot more than that. Um, But other than that, the tackling, the fumbling, the penalties, Eagles played this game pretty well. Those are obviously big issues with this team. They definitely need to improve if they want to beat the Cowboys and win a playoff game if they make it to the playoffs. But for right now, it's manageable. They can make the adjustments in the week and try to come back firing against the Cowboys. I'm not really too concerned. I just wanted to address what I saw. Um, But tackling, you just got to be more confident. You got to scheme your defense better. Fumbling, Carson Wentz just needs to understand to tuck the ball away sometimes. And penalties, Doug Peterson, that's on him. He needs to discipline his players better and uh, get it rolling that way. But other than that, Eagles played a pretty good game. And uh, after this short ad, I'm going to get to some fan questions. All right, and we are back. Um, I took to Twitter and Facebook after this game asking for a couple of fan questions and comments. Um, I'm going to get to these and address these right now after all the um, the victory has settled in with us. So the first one comes from Eagles Fandom on Twitter. Uh, first of all, thanks for your question. But he said, can we please end this dumb thought that Carson Wentz is not an extremely talented quarterback? And I completely agree with you. Carson Wentz gets a lot of uh, unnecessary hate towards him. There was one you know, tweet thrown around all throughout the week that – he has better stats than Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson even has a better um, wide receiver group, and Carson Wentz has been taking more sacks than Deshaun Watson, but everyone praises Watson. Watson is apparently an MVP-caliber quarterback, but Carson Wentz is getting so much hate in the world. Um, where they're, they're similar in record. The Texans aren't doing that well, um, and Wentz is just falling behind. I don't understand why everybody hates on Wentz. It seems like everybody was on his side in 2017. He tore his ACL. Everybody's feeling bad for him. Then all of a sudden, he tweaks his back in 2018. Everybody's turning on him. I understand that you don't want to see a quarterback get hurt back-to-back years, but come on. He's been healthy the entire year. He's playing great football. He's playing great with what he has on offense. Um, That one play that he had to Miles Sanders um, for the touchdown – Man, I've never seen a better throw this season by Carson Wentz. That was phenomenal. He threw it between so many uh, defenders in the end zone. Sanders are just sitting right back there. And the commentators, the Fox commentators, were right when Sanders caught it, they said, oh, it's an interception. They Carson Wentz fooled everybody on the field. Um, nobody knew what happened because that play should have not have been completed. But Carson Wentz made it happen. It was very similar uh, reminded me of when they played the Seahawks back in 2017. He was flushed out right, and one of their defensive linemen on the Seahawks was had him by the feet, and Carson Wentz is going down, and as he has no lower body power, just flicks the ball like 40 yards to Nelson Aguilar down the sideline. I mean, what he does on the field is phenomenal, and a lot of people don't understand that. And I think it just takes someone to watch the games to understand what's going on and understand the injuries that they're suffering because I get it. If you look at a box score 
and see the Eagles lose to the Dolphins or lose to another team. Carson Wentz throw for about 200 yards. You're like, wow, he's not playing that well. But if you're watching the game, you'll understand how much he struggles with this team dropping passes, dropping passes, excuse me, suffering with injuries and everything in between. He's making it happen even when nobody else should. Uh, he's doing everything that he can to win these games. And with back-to-back game-winning drives, I mean, come on. Put some respect on his name. So thanks for the question there. That's all I got on Twitter. I'm going to move to Facebook. Um, we've got some questions and comments. First one comes from Gary Burke. He says, at this point in the season, I don't care if it's an ugly win. There's practice squad guys all over the field, and their defensive starters are playing like practice squad players. Just score one more point than the other team. I get where you're coming from, Gary. I kind of have the same mindset of you as long as you sneak away with a win. You're still in playoff contention. You're still moving forward. But at the same time, you don't want to step back. You know, what's the cost of victory, like people say? Um, yeah, they won a really good game against the Redskins, and I think the positive positives definitely outweigh the negatives. But at the same time, you have to take into account they didn't tackle well. Carson Wentz lost a fumble, put two on the ground, and they had a lot of penalties in the first half. All of that considered, it was a great win. I understand a win is a win, and that's all that football is at the end of the day. In five years, you're not looking back on the season as, oh, Carson Wentz fumbled the ball. You're looking at, hey, what was their record? Did they make playoffs? What did they do in the playoffs? That's all it is. That's all the question it is. Um, so I understand the logic there. And I agree with you to some extent. I think that the Eagles definitely need to make sure they're doing everything that they can to win the game. They're doing it with offensive players that haven't been on the field almost at all this season and defensive players that haven't been playing very well the past two games. But um, all in all, a win's a win. Um, So yeah, good point there. But once you get into the playoffs, that has to change a little bit. You need to make sure you're showing up on all of those negatives and turn them into positives. Next question, Keith Martin. He says, rumor is Howard may be back next week. Does this almost hurt the chemistry and confidence that Sanders and Scott are building, or does it allow maybe to use them more in other areas of the offense? This is a really good question. Um, so I don't even know if Jordan Howard is going to be back. That's... Uh, I would assume he, he's going to be close because I believe it was two or three weeks ago, Doug Peterson was like, he's close to clearing for contact, but not necessarily there. I, they're not good at handling injuries that we all know, but he's missed five games now. Um, I think it's time for him to finally come back and get that shoulder ready to go. But I don't think it changes anything. I think, you know, Boston Scott is fortunate enough to be on the team. He's He's so happy with his success and he's so motivated to move forward as a football player miles sanders and jordan howard already have that chemistry they know what each other are capable of and they know how to work well together boston scott miles sanders and jordan howard could lead this team to a playoff win that is a good running back group and if carson wentz needs to rely on them to get them in i'd be confident in it because they're both I mean, they're all three of them are phenomenal runners, and they can catch the ball out of the backfield too, which is important. Uh, I think they're going to work very well together. It just falls on Deuce Staley and Doug Peterson to put the right player in at the right time. If 
Jordan Howard goes in and breaks free for a 40-yard run. The other running backs aren't going to uh, feel any hostility towards Jordan Howard. They want this team to succeed. Every single player that's on the team right now, they want to make playoffs. You can see it within them uh, after they win. They're all excited. They're so happy with for one another. Um, I think Jordan Howard will just help this team so much more. Um, so hopefully he comes back in the first place, but if he does... I just think the running back group is going to get so much better. I don't think it's going to decline at all. Next one, Jason Adams says, I've seen enough on Whiteside. He can move on. Who is the next wide receiver up if there's even one available? Uh, Jason, I talked about this a little bit earlier. My defense on Ortega Whiteside, I get where people are coming from with the hate. Um, He didn't have a great game at all today. He didn't have anything but negative to his game. However... You have to understand the ramifications. And I think he would have been a lot more prepared. I think the coaching staff would have prepared him a lot better if they understood where the season would have gone. But, you know, we're late in the season. He's one of our best options. Um, you just have to deal with what he has to offer and hope that Wentz and Arthago Whites like, get back on the same page and start completing passes. Um, I think it's... It's very painful to see a receiver struggle yet yet again, week in, week out with this team. But at the same time, um, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. And there's no one else that you're going to – I mean, the, there's three, running, or three wide receivers on the practice squad right now. The next capable one, I would believe, is Mark and Michelle. That's NFL ready. I don't think I would take Michelle over Arthago Whiteside yet. Um I think his development is crucial for the future. Just keep giving him opportunities and try to see what he can do. Um, so that's that's a good question, but I'm going to defend JJ Arthago Whiteside on that one. Um, next question is Giovanni Cortez. He said, if you had to fire one coach right now on the staff, who would it be? Great win today, though. Um, this question is very easy for me. I would fire two coaches, but if I were to fire one first, it would be Mike Groh because he hasn't really done much as offensive coordinator. He stepped in 2018 and it remained in the same role 2019, but I've said this many times before. He just doesn't know how to run an entire offense. Yeah, he might be good with you know a quality control job or a wide receivers coach, but he cannot develop an entire offense and try to put a game plan together and help Doug Peterson out. He is terrible at what he does and it's holding the team back. It's holding Carson Wentz back and they look like a completely different offense from when Frank Reich had the same role. And I don't want to fall back and say um, that Frank Reich is that like we miss him and try to dwell on that because I want to move forward. But Mike Groh is not a step in the right direction, and I think it's finally time to cut ties with him. The other coach that I want to finally get rid of is Jim Schwartz. You know, it seems like the past couple of seasons, probably four seasons now, the Eagles don't have a great um, couple of weeks, and all of a sudden the defense steps up and everybody's like, wow, Jim Schwartz made all the adjustments he needs. He's actually a good defensive coordinator. But how many losses are you going to take? for just one good win if he blows the game three times and then wins one big game you're still one and three 
that does not help your team in the long run at all. I don't understand why, yeah, he might call a great game one game, but if it costs the team three, four wins already, I mean, come on. You can get a, another defensive coordinator that can turn all of those into wins. Um, I don't think he schemes the defense well at all. He doesn't make the necessary adjustments. Um, he lives and dies by Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills, and although they have their bright, bright uh, moments in the defense, Ronald Darby has not been good as of recently. And you have capable corners like Rasul Douglas, Craven LeBlanc just sitting on the bench. You still have Sidney Jones. You still have Craig James. All four of those guys can step in and make something happen. Um, he's a very stubborn coordinator. I think his time is definitely up in Philadelphia. And I'm forever grateful for the kind of stuff that he does with the defense, given the amount of injuries that they have suffered in the past couple of seasons. But it's uh, enough's enough. You know, he might have limited the Giants to zero points in the second half after giving up 17 in the first half but what if it was 27 and the Eagles couldn't have came back from that you know uh, you always have to draw the line somewhere and I think it already crossed that line so first of all thank you guys all for tuning in today um, want to talk about the podcast a little bit so if you go on our Twitter page at birds banter we have a giveaway going on right now and it's gonna end in a week um, it's gonna the winner is gonna be announced right before the Eagles Cowboys game December 22nd so make sure you enter that the instructions instructions are on our Twitter page again that's at birds banter it's a really nice Carson Wentz plaque um, so make sure you enter that it's free to enter so just follow the instructions and get your entry in as soon as possible um, tell your friends everything like that uh, second I want to thank all you guys for your ratings and reviews as of recently. I know it might be painful to go into Apple Podcasts, give me a rating out of five stars, and write a little bit of of information, but um, if you haven't done that already and you're a constant listener to the podcast, I would love to hear back from you, whether it's positive, negative, whatever it may be, because, I mean, as you guys all know, when we started this podcast, there was four of us. Now... I'm the sole host, and I'm trying to pull guest speakers. I'm trying to really develop this podcast, so it's great to hear that you guys are enjoying the content. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys would like to hear over the off offseason. Um, let me know how I'm doing, because it really helps me try to develop this and give you guys the best content out there, because there's so many Eagles podcasts, and I want to be the best one. So make sure you're hitting those reviews. Um, follow us on social media, Birds Banter on both Twitter and Instagram, leave comments, um, share with your friends, share with other Eagles fans, and I would love to try to get this content out to everyone possible. So thank you guys for supporting. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your questions today. This was an excellent Eagles win, and they were moving in the right direction. Um, as I'm recording this, the, Eagle, or the Cowboys and the Rams are playing. That's going to be a big game to consider for the NFC East and you're going to be hearing this later, but currently the Cowboys are up 14, seven. So go Rams for today. And uh, I'll leave you guys with that. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform, Apple podcasts, Spotify, whatever it may be. So you never miss another birds banter and go birds.
Deus vai.